Blog Talk Radio. Hello, everyone, and welcome to our new show, Reflections and Rhythms, with your hosts, Ms. Janice R. White. Our guest is Ms. Karen Tate, and we will be back in just a moment. Forbidden archaeology, forgotten history, divination, magic, cryptozoology, UFOs, nature, science, and spirit. All this and more right here on the Main Street Universe Radio Network. song is Enchantress by Jenna Green. I'm pressing the button and it is spinning. And there it goes. Thank you. Okay. All right. Thank you. Show 
of the debut of Reflections and Rhythms with me, the hostess, Janice R. White, associate producer of Blog Talk Radio. And tonight we have a very special guest with me right now, somebody who I've known for a few years uh, through the Fellowship of ISIS, and uh, we had this friendship online uh, so to speak, uh, but we actually finally met this year on the Par- Parliament of World Religions, and she's a wonderful writer, speaker, goddess-filled person uh, that lives in California, who's the author of many different books, Sacred Places of the Goddess, 108 Destinations, Walking on the Ancient Path, Goddess Calling, which... Uh, I have that in uh, in my computer, uh, as uh, she's been on Main Street Universe before, and the Voices of the Sacred Feminine. So this is no, uh, this is Karen Tate, a really good friend of mine. So we're going to be bringing her online right now and start the conversation about uh, going within. For this is Yule the uh, shortest day of the year, but it's also the time where the light will start increasing, even though in January and February it doesn't seem to be that way. The light is actually increasing. So let me bring her on now. Karen, are you on on the phone with us? Hey, Janice. Thanks so much for having me. (laughs) Ah, thank you for being uh, on my first show. Uh, I'm trying not to be nervous because, like I said, I've been in radio for a while now. But, you know, anything that you start new sometimes gives you the little heebie-jeebies, so to speak. Well, you know, I would always just think of it as, you know, I'm sitting across the kitchen table with a girlfriend having a cup of tea, and that sort of uh, makes you forget about anybody out there listening to us. It's just you and me. (laughs) All right. I like that. I like that. Um, Now, what I was saying, this is my first debut of a woman's spirituality show now, but I also want to say it's not just for women, um, because I would like to have some men come on here and talk about um, issues that reflect on women eventually. And Dan Michael, who I'm the co-host and the associate producer of Main Street Universe, uh, he's a good friend of mine, so and he helped us out in the beginning, and I'm sure he'll be on my show as we branch out. But it's going to be a once-a-month show, and today is winter solstice, so it's sort of a special day um, for a lot of people, uh, pagans, Wiccans, witches, but also there's other people that just like the whole light from within, that Yule brings out. So we're going to be talking about the dark of the season, and which is why that we had invited Karen to come and share about that, and how Christians have stolen, you know, and, and no bad feedback, guys, um, Christmas and Yule and all the other December holidays that are coming or have already came, like Hanukkah. So that's what we're going to be discussing tonight. 
Yeah. So. Well, yes. I mean, you know, this is a you know the time of year. You know, especially if you have pagan friends or goddess friends, it's you know all about the return of the light. And you know, I really got a sense in a real tangible way of what that means um, when Roy and I, my husband, uh, when we traveled to Ireland a, a bunch of years ago. In fact, it, on that trip, I was ordained by Lady Olivia at Clonagall Castle, you know, Fellowship of Isis. And, you know, um, I, 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 even though I lived in the South for a while and, I, you know, and now I live in California, I never really had a sense of the darkness um, like I did when when we were over in Ireland because we were there almost two weeks and the whole time we were there we never once saw the sun and I can understand how ancient people would have been afraid that the sun was never going to return so you know the return of the light was important because you know the light meant life uh, if the sun didn't come out the plants didn't grow you know uh, and that meant they didn't eat and they'd die I mean it's pretty basic and mm-hmm. um so, yeah, we talk about the return of the light, I think, um, um, you know, metaphorically as well as literally. And, um, you know, it's an, it's an important time of year, and, um, you know, we can get into all of that. Oh, definitely, definitely. Um, because like you just basically said, um, our ancestors, uh, if you want to call it that way, uh, when they had this time of the year, October, November, December, January, February, those five months were dark. And most of those things were, um, you know, it was dark for them. I know they don't have the electricity and and the generators like we do now, so it probably got dark really early and stayed dark. Yeah, and the sky was dark for a long time. You know, everything was gray. You know, um, you know, you think of it how it feels and looks when a thunderstorm is coming or at dusk. Uh, you know, it, it, it felt like that a lot. I mean, not like in Alaska where, you know, there's, uh, you know, where, where you literally, you know, have periods of time where it's total darkness. I mean, you know, we're not really talking about that. But just, um, you know, the light seems to have disappeared uh, from the sky, in in a sense, you know, and mm-hmm. uh, uh, you know because of the Earth's rotation and everything, and uh, you know, so there's a lot of mythology uh, around it. But um, uh, you know, and, and it's interesting, I think, too, Janice, because you know, if we go, if we're in sync with the universal energies, you know, it's a time. Uh, to to sort of uh, metaphorically and literally slumber a little bit. You know, it's a time right. to sort of go within, um, to think about what's, you know, what worked uh, in 2015. You know, maybe, you know, in the early part of the year you planted some seeds and you hoped they would plant, you know, you hoped that they would grow and thrive and you would harvest them. And, you know, maybe some... Some things you planned actually did, and other things, uh, you know, you tried to have manifest in the year didn't. And, you know, so it's a time to go within and take stock, um, you know, to germinate, to marinate, to, um, you know, go down into the darkness as a regenerative, nourishing uh, time to 
you know, just sort of recharge your batteries and um, take it easy, take it slow to uh, nurture yourself. But, but you know, society right now, it's a busy time, you know. It's, it's a very uh, busy it, time. It, yeah, it tells us oh, to go ahead. just... You know, tells us to go against our natural rhythms, you know, what the cosmos is really calling our bodies and our minds to do. And I think in a way maybe that makes it doubly stressful uh, this time of year because, you know, we're working against the cosmic forces as well as having all the stress of being consumers and parties and spending money maybe we don't have and having to get together with people we might not necessarily like. Um, you know what I mean? It's. Um, I know what you mean because um, uh, I've been having, well, this has been my major sick year. Um, I haven't been this sick since I guess I was like 15 or something, and it really taken me aback. It took me a long time to recover um and it was scary and i went to the doctor today and she's like you know what i want you to do for the next couple of days and i'm like oh no what I said i just want you to rest i don't want you to do the christmas tree i don't want you to cook i don't want you to do anything all i want for you to do is to go home and rest um because you know you're you're doing too much your body's telling me that you're doing too much and you should just go home and rest so, and I think that um, part of that, that uh, the cosmic forces, if you want to call it that, is also telling not only me, but other people, it's time for you to rest, you know, because you don't want to have that clue by four uh, that would hurt even more. So, and I've been trying to, but it's kind of hard because it is a very busy time of the year. And, well, there's a lot of... Um, you know, there's a lot of demands on us. And, you know, and I think, too, I don't know about you, but, you know, we there's so much expectation. You know, there's so much hype. We're supposed to be having so much fun, you know. And I wonder if a lot of people, if they're really honest, you know, I wonder if it does live up to the hype, if they really are having fun. Or are they really doing what they like to do? Or is it a tradition and they feel forced into it and it's a chore? You know, I I, I myself, you know, at this time of year, I honestly, I've gotten away from presents. Um, you know, I when I can, I you know, I I don't cook a lot. Um, you know, I will, you know, if, if I can, you know, I'll order pizza for heaven's sakes. You know, I mean, oh, yes. I won't. You know what I mean? I will just, yes. you know, uh, watch Avatar, t- soak in a nice tub, read a book. Um, you know, do the things that just sort of uh, make me feel like um, almost wicked in a way, you know, because, um, you know, these these are things I never usually have time for. Yes. And, you know, like I said, she was telling me, you know, you got, you got to rest because, you know, because I'm like, oh, you know, I really don't want to be sick on Christmas and, you know, mm-hmm. I'm already sick. And it's like, well, you need to really just go home and rest. And, you know, I know it's kind of difficult for you because she knows about the um, the radio shows. And I just launched a TV show. And I've been doing a lot. I'm, and apparently yeah, I've been doing the, too much. Huh? Burning the candle at both ends. Well, you know, oh, yeah. um, 
maybe it's just you know too convenient to say this, but sometimes I really do believe that God us slows us down, and sometimes these things happen to us when um you know maybe sometimes when we're not on the right path and maybe we need to stop and think before we leap, or you know maybe we just do need the rest um you know, and don't feel guilty for it, you know just yeah. just what you got to do to take care of yourself because you know it's kind of like that that um idea when you're on the plane uh and you have your you know it maybe your child uh sitting next to you you know the temptation is it, when those masks drop down the temptation is to put the mask on the kid well you know what um you got to put the mask on you first because if you're not in good health if you're not doing okay then all the rest of the stuff goes to hell anyway <laughs> So, oh, yes. you know, you really do have to uh, put yourself first, uh, even though women, I think especially, are told and conditioned and brainwashed to take care of everybody else first and not themselves. Um, but, um, you know, I, I, yeah, you, don't don't feel bad about resting. Rest. <laughs> yes, yes. Well, you know, school's out, so that's at least a two-week vacation Anyway, so, but yes, that's what she told me, you know, go home and rest. And like we were just basically talking, this this is a theme of winter. You know, this is, you know, I think why people get colds more in the winter or they stay longer in the winter than they do in the summer because um, cold viruses in general can't stay around when there's a lot of heat, either outside heat or inside heat, like you're eating I don't know, cayenne peppers or hot peppers or whatever. And cold, every, everything stays, you know, in the air, so to speak. That's why when people, when it starts to warm up, people start to shed clothes and and do other things. And when it gets cold, people start doing layers. Even though yeah. I saw some people here with shorts on, which is like, oh, that's ammonia waiting to happen. But... <laughs> well, yeah, the sun, I mean, you know, the is kind of like the is like that great is like a great ball of disinfectant. The heat, you know, it it kind of kills the the moisture and the germs that, uh, you know, I, I think maybe uh, get you know you think of mold for instance. You know, mold grows where it's dark and damp, uh, and that's what yeah. winter is and damp and uh, when the sun is out um you know uh, i i think that, that it's easier for your immune system maybe to um you know to be healthy so um yeah do what you can to help your body you know instead of making it work harder it's you know it's, it's oh, yes. that simple oh yes oh, but yes. uh but yeah i mean you know it, it is yule it is winter solstice <laughs> Um, I mean, this is the time of year, uh, you know, of the, the Yuletide goddesses like Lucia and Holda. Uh, you know, people can Google them, you know. Uh, or, oh, yeah. Uh, you know, actually, I just, uh, if if they want to go to my Facebook page and scroll down past all the Bernie Sanders posts uh, or go to my radio show, Voice of the Sacred Feminine, I just did a rerun, I think, with Selena Fox, a good friend of yours, too. Uh, oh, yeah. We had a 
big show on Yuletide goddesses, and we talked about them. And uh, you can easily find uh, information on the Yuletide goddesses on my show, or you know, or like I said, Google it. But you know, the Druids called this uh, time of year the uh, Festival of Liberation, uh, when the soul is set free to dream a new world. And you know, it makes sense because think about it: what's going to be coming up? Uh, in the next few weeks, everybody's going to start talking about what's their New Year's resolution. Resolution. You know, it's yes, yes. It's it's kind of like the time when we reinvent ourselves. You know, um, so I would imagine the Druids were maybe kind of doing that very same thing. You know, we're we're probably borrowing from them and not even you know realize it. You know, is they yeah, not even a knowing new it. World, we're dreaming. What? a new life for ourselves next year, you know, with our resolutions and projects and things. Oh, yes, uh, because it's a blank slate. Uh, a new year is a blank slate. You don't, you don't go chasing over 2015. You know, as soon as January 1st hits, you know, 2015 is over. And, you know, I already know people that are like, oh, I can't wait for 2015 to, to uh Leave. So there's people already thinking of that. So 2016 and beyond, it's like a blank slate uh, where you can reinvent yourself if you want to. You, you know, you don't have to, but you can. Well, you know what I think is really interesting too, and and I wrote about this in Goddess Calling um, in the in the Resolutions in the Light chapter. Um, you know, it dawned on me one day, and I'm sure I'm not the first one to have thought of this, but you know, in the moment, it felt like a little epiphany. You know, we're you know as you know January rolls around, it's going to be Candlemas and Bridget. You know, the end of January is is you know when yeah. we celebrate Bridget, and Bridget, she's the goddess of um, fire, you know, but she's also a goddess of the sacred waters. And what do you get when you put fire and water together? You know, you get steam, you get combustion, you know, combustion, something that propels you forward, it motivates you, you know. So I thought, you know what, isn't that the perfect um, sort of cosmic energy to have when you're, you know, reinventing yourself, when you're having New Year's resolutions. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, and I don't yeah. know, I just thought, well, gee, that, that fits rather perfectly, doesn't it? <laughs> yes, it does. And I actually have a small list of the deities of Yule that um, I could give to our listeners, even though there's nobody in the chat room right now, but that's okay, too. Um, started off with Bridget that we just spoke of, uh, Isis, which, you know, is definitely a friend of mine, uh, and yours, uh, Demeter, Gaia, Diana, um, the Great Mother. They even have Mother Goose down here, which I find interesting. Uh, and the gods, Apollo, Ra, Odin, Lu, the O-King, the Horn One, the Green Man, and the Divine Child. And I also want to well, put in Shango for people who do Orisha work, because uh, his, his feast day is December 4th, and he's all about fire. Yeah. And, uh, so. and, you know, you were saying, I think, at the opening, something about, uh, you know, this was a time that the Christians really kind of co-opted from the pagans, because, you know, this whole idea of Jesus' birth on the 25th, well, that was just a bunch of hokum. You know, all oh, yeah. all 
you know, all the Christians were doing was uh, co-opting the, you know, the sacred days of the pagans, especially Mithras and Saturn, uh, you know, those gods, because, I mean, it's just like when the pagans would come along and build their church on top of a pagan temple. Uh, they knew that, the you know, they were trying to recruit the you know pagans to uh, be Christians, uh, so they went to where they were accustomed to going. You know their sacred places. They took them over. Same thing with the holidays. You know they took oh, yes. over the pagan holidays. You know Yule, uh, Winter Solstice, Easter. You know a, a lot of these different times during the year. You know they really do have pagan roots. And I know when I was a Christian growing up in Louisiana. I mean I grew up a Catholic. I didn't have a clue about that you know it wasn't until i got out of that bubble and learned about the goddesses that i discovered all of this so you know uh, maybe this is new to some of your listeners too yes because you know um i know that uh daniel was like well you know what are your shows going to be about it's like well right now you know it's still creation time in my head um and I know that you're not going to please everybody, and why try? But I know there's going to be a mixture of people, um, pagan, Christian. Um, I have Jesse Ann Nichols-George that's coming up, and and uh, I have invited some people that are in the Africa diaspora. Um, I want some Sufi people on the show because when... I know when I was at the Parliament, and I want to talk a little bit about the Parliament, too, because I haven't talked about it since, uh, I guess, the end of October. Um, I had met some Sufi women, and I was really fascinated with them because, you know, that you know they're all in the beautiful white that they wear, and um, I didn't know that they could talk to people of other religions, and that, that might sound a little naive on my end, but... I didn't know that, and when I started to talk to some, it was just like, wow, I like this. I like talking to Sufi. So I'm going to try to get uh, a mixture of a lot of different religions. So, And I know there's probably people now listening to us that are like, hmm, what is this about? So, And I want to keep an open door. Yeah, well, you know, um, somebody told me a long time ago, variety is the spice of life, you know, and I think yes. variety, you know, you could think of that as diversity, plurality, the different people we met at the uh, the Council for the Parliament of World Religions, I mean, I think religions there, and certainly more than 2,000 people, and, um, you know, I have to I have to say, Janice, I, you and I didn't really have a chance to talk after the Parliament. We were running fast and kind of waving to each other in the halls, uh, you know, as we'd passed each other by, but, you know, I came home really um, uh, motivated and inspired, and I felt like my batteries were charged, because, you know, I think leading up to the Parliament, there was so much ugliness and and divisiveness in the news, so much fear-mongering and hate-mongering. I think by the time I got to the Parliament, I was at a psychological low, you know, just sort of depressed with uh, the state of the world, with uh, the ugliness of people, um, you know, all of the stuff you hear when you turn on the news. But I went to the 
Parliament, and it felt like it was an antidote to all of that. You know, I I felt like yes, there is hope. You know, all of us people, you know, we don't have you know we don't have the same God or goddess or religion, but people really all do want the same thing. I think when it gets right down to it, you know, and uh, it was just so wonderful to see such a diverse group of people with all the same goals. Uh, and, and the goals of the Parliament, I, I think the Parliament's theme was um, uh, the, the heart of humanity, restoring the heart of humanity, something like that. And uh, what, sort of the big umbrella for all the topics was uh, peace, um, <coughs> being, you know, away with hate speech and empowering women and climate change and diversity and um you know, all the things that, you know, when you turn on Fox News or you listen to Donald Trump, you know, it's, you know, with them it's all about a fear, fear of the other. Fear, fear. Of fear. Yeah, you know, there's fear, fear, fear over there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, let's be afraid of people with, uh, you know, who don't have the same God as us. Let's be afraid of people who don't have white skin. You know, let's be afraid of everybody who's not like us. You know, I can't live my life like that, you know. I mean, that's like... You know, choosing between, you know, going through life, uh, either, you know, I don't know, have have you had, um, have you ever eaten gumbo? Yes, I love gumbo. Okay, so gumbo, gumbo is just this delicious stew of all sorts of things, flavors, and, uh, you know, so, so I, I sort of think of it metaphorically, you know, you can go through life eating gumbo, you know, in other words, diversity and, and you know, meeting all sorts of people and, and you know, learning about them, and uh, or you can go through life eating white bread, you know, yeah. who wants to go through just eating white bread, not me. <laughs> uh, well, I know... Um, I had met the the grandmothers, and I was really into um, the the one from Australia, um, Rose Rose Perez, Doctor Rose Perez, um, and I was really into uh, I forget her name, but she was from Guatemala. But she was talking about that her her ancestors were from Ohio, and she made a joke about that, you know, she had, was born in Guatemala and was thinking that all of her family was from Guatemala. And she go and she had some kind of um, story that ended up with, you know, I have ancestors from Ohio, and she made a big joke about it, which I don't remember the joke right now. But it was just so funny, and I would love for one of them to come on the show. Because, oh, you they know, probably you know, yeah, and it would be great to hear uh, hear from all of these people. You know, I, I think one of the most um, it, one of the things that stuck with me most, um, you know, how they would have, uh, you know, they would have the breakout sessions all during the day, but then at night they had what was called the plenary session, I think, and that's yes. when everybody would get together at night and listen to the same speaker rather than everybody splitting up during the day and choosing who they were going to go talk to. And there was this one guy on Saturday night, uh, I, I can't remember his name, and, and I, you know, I, I wish I could, and I might even, what I'm about to say might even be a composite of two different people. Now I can't even remember, but he said something that so impressed me. He said, you know, when we leave this life and we have to face our Maker, 
on the other side, whatever that is. And he was really careful not to say God, goddess, he, she. He was very gender neutral. And he said, you know, when when your maker um, asks you, where are your wounds? Um, And you say, well, I don't have any wounds. And then your maker says, well, was there nothing fighting for, nothing worth fighting for in this life? And I thought, wow, you know, if that it wasn't the perfect story for the social justice activist, you know, which which I felt like that whole parliament was about. It was about social justice activism. Yes. It was about, you know, trying to make the world better for the most of us. And, um, you know, I, I don't think I'll ever it just sort of lit a fire under me, like gas in my tank, you know? Oh, yes. Uh, oh, yes. You're breaking up a little bit. I don't know why, but I, I can still hear is. you. Yeah, okay. Um, okay. So anyway, yeah, that was, um, you know, and, and, and you know, we, uh, we, we, I have to admit, we did take off Sunday, and um, we decided, because there was a Mary Magdalene church in Salt Lake City, we, we took, we did the hop-on, hop-off tour bus, and went over to the Mary Magdalene church, because they were supposed to have a relic, a bone, of Mary Magdalene at this church. And I have to say it was a beautiful, beautiful church. I'm so glad we went. Um, It was funny, on the uh, confessionals, they had, um, uh, it was like the Garden of Eden. They had the Tree of Knowledge with the snake. And at the back of the church, they had these beautiful murals of of Mary Magdalene and this special case that held her, supposedly her bone. Um, But uh, it was, you know, and then speaking of bones, we went over to the Natural History Museum because, uh, you know, Utah is so full of dinosaur bones. Uh, I, yes. I've never seen many um, skeletons of so many different uh, dinosaurs as they had at their Natural History Muse- Museum. So it was it was such a wonderful experience. You had the Parliament, you know, and then we did that other little extra stuff, and uh, it was like a little mini vacation. I, I really enjoyed it. And can't wait for the next one. Uh, I mean, I know it's not going to be in the United States, but, um, yes. you know, hopefully it is, I can maybe afford to go, you know. Oh, I would love to go to the next one. and like to actually take David with me um, because um, I had already paid for it uh, back in 2014, and um, I wasn't sick at the time, and you know, he does traveling by himself, and I do traveling by myself. But, you know, I got sick, and then everybody was like, well, surely you're going to cancel the parliament. And I'm like, why would I do that? Oh, because you have to hire a wheelchair and this and that the other. And, like, yeah. And and the first day, i got to admit, the first day was kind of difficult with the chair. But after you get, you know, used to it and start driving around because that's how I took it as a little mini car and um, after I got used to being in it it was like pretty much perfect after that you know and I because if I would have canceled it you know I would have never met you face to face it was uh, I saw uh, um, Anna Nitria again and I met Anna who I want to be on the show as well talking about being a queen because 
I never called myself princess. I always called myself queen. Even when I was a little girl, I called myself a queen. So I really want her to come on and, and talk about that. And and so many other people, the Sufi women, the grandmothers, and all of that I would have missed if I would have, like, oh, okay, I can't go because, you know, uh, I feel a little sick or whatever. I can't go. Now, I do have to tell you, when you came home um, energized, I came home, like, wiped out. <laughs> oh, well, oh, well, two weeks. true. <laughs> I, yeah, I mean, me I was... two weeks to recover. Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. <laughs> well, you know, I was I was emotionally charged but physically exhausted because yeah. it was such a physical drain. I would, you know, I, I mean, well, you know what it was like. I mean, you started at oh, yeah. the crack of day and you went to late at night, day in and day out, walking on that cement floor, killed my feet and legs, you know. But, um, yeah, I mean, I was physically exhausted but emotionally just jazzed you know, just, just totally jazzed. And, uh, and and what was so wonderful, I think, was that Goddess had such an incredible presence. Uh, Lydia rules banners uh, down the, the, the corridor between the main ballrooms, a hundred Goddess banners, um, oh, you yeah. know, from one end to the other. Uh, because, you know, there was a time when Goddess was not, and pagans were not so much a part of the, um, you know, the parliament. I mean, I, I interviewed Lady Olivia Robertson, uh, you know, a couple of years ago before she passed, and she was at an early parliament, and she actually had her life threatened. Um, so Ooh. they have, you know, the parliament has grown up and become more diverse, inclusive too. Um, you know, so it's not to say, you know, everybody who always went, you know, always had these ideas of tolerance and um and being inclusive, but I definitely, I, I didn't hear anything like that this time. You know, even in Mormon Salt Lake City, I mean, there were newspaper articles that were highlighting the parliament every day. Phyllis Carat, you know, a uh, major pagan witch uh, from New York, I mean, she's quoted in the Mormon paper, you know, and, and it said, pagan witch. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, I just think goddess is becoming more mainstream every day. Uh, I really do. I believe so, too, because when I was there, there was this guy, um, a white man, that um, I guess I was his first uh, black pagan or whatever, because he took a couple pictures and he gave me his card, and I never saw it. Well, I have his card somewhere. I don't know where I put his card. Uh, but I was with... Um, Celia, uh, the singer, that she mm-hmm. has a really nice alto voice, and we had taken a picture together anyway. And he had came over and asked us a couple questions and and the whatnot, and took pictures. And other people took pictures because you know he was taking a picture. And um, I met a feminist Mormon while I was there, and you know I never heard of that before either. It was like a feminist Mormon, like ooh, okay. And she was in the the lunch table sitting right next to me was the um there was a, a luncheon that I was invited to through Jer- Jerry Hildebrand where they were talking about ISIS and and um she was sitting next to me and we started chatting then you know I came up with the the question about why are we calling it ISIS when it's really a sill and you know ISIS mm-hmm. is a loving goddess and and you know people are 
ladies, women are cheering and, and men are like, oh, what is she talking about? And it was just like, hmm. Uh, but that was, you know, something I, I really feel strongly about. Um, even President Obama says, Asil, why, is, uh, why are reporters saying ISIS? And now they're starting to say Daesh, too. Uh, Daesh. Daesh. Yes. Um, well, and, you know, ISIS pharmaceuticals had been around for a really long time. And, you know, they, uh, I saw online this just this week that they're going to change their name. I mean, it's so sad. Um, to Tracy Regula, who was on the panel that I moderated, uh, she was telling people the story that because, uh, you know, she runs ISIS Oasis up in Northern California, which is uh, like a retreat center dedicated to ISIS and with an Egyptian theme. And um, she said people actually said stupid stuff to her, like, well, can't you just change the name of your goddess? I mean, give me a break. How yeah. unaware can you possibly be if you think you're going to change the name of a goddess that goes back... <laughs> You know, thousands of years, for heaven's sake. I mean, you're going to change the name of of your goddess. It's just unfathomable to me. I I don't think people think. (laughs) I don't think people think either because, you know, some people had some stupid questions for me. I'm, like, so stupid. I don't even want to repeat them Uh, uh, because there was some ignorance there. Um, yeah. The naive kind and, and some of the kind of hurtful kind. Um, for the most part, for the most part, I, I feel it was like maybe eighty-five percent to ninety percent positive. There, there's always going to be some rotten apple in the bunch, and, sure. and or somebody asking stupid questions or or saying something stupid. Yeah. Well, you know, um there was this guy, uh I don't I, I don't know whether he was following me or he, I was following him or uh, we just seemed to end up at the same talks and uh I went to the talk that Candace Ross from the Sekhmet Temple uh put together to talk about the temple and also to teach people about Sekhmet and uh this guy who had been at my talks was there as well and he came up to me afterwards and he said you know me and my wife live in oklahoma and i thought to myself okay i braced myself because i didn't know what what was going to come next you know because i know oklahoma Mm -hmm. is like notoriously uh you know christian fundamentalist and but he said uh he surprised me he said you know my wife and i are practicing buddhists he said but after meeting you and talking to some of the people here he said i'm going to go home and talk to her Uh, he says i really think we should become pagans (laughs) and we need to know more about this (laughs) so you know you just never know when you're planting seeds you know um you know people know you and hear you and um, and I don't know, I guess something you say resonates with them or they feel a, a, an authenticity or or something, um, you know, maybe a love and a compassion and, you know, something that they know in their gut, you know, that that's really the way things are supposed to be rather than this, this other kind of, you know, one-way divisiveness. Um, but, yes. you know, you said you didn't know that there were Mormon feminists. Um, I didn't know that there were Mormon um um, Muslims, and I'm going to actually have a Mormon Muslim on my show in March. Uh, her name is Ashra Nominee. Uh, I saw her on the Bill Moore show, and oh. uh, I was 
taken with her because she has she's pretty well known and she's created something called um the the Muslim Women's um Bill of Rights and there's a Bill of Rights for the bedroom and a Bill of Rights for the boardroom and I had I had oh. to chuckle the Bill of Rights for the Bedroom says that women are entitled to sexual pleasure and they are entitled to an orgasm. And, and, and you know, we can kind of laugh and chuckle a little bit about that because yeah. how outrageous is it that you would even have to have a Bill of Rights to state such a thing, you know? But in this patriarchal culture with these patriarchal religions, you know, when it's all about the man. Um, oh, yeah. Gotta gotta shift that dynamic, you know. Yes. Well, right now it is eight forty four. Want to take a, like a two minute break, uh, if that's okay with you, two to three minute break, and we're going to play Jenna Green's Bridget. Is that all right with you, Karen? Oh, sure, absolutely. Go right ahead. Okay. So we we'll take a little break, and you can listen to Bridget.
Hello, everyone. This is Daniel Michael. Uh, we're back. I think, Janice, maybe there's a signal problem. I'll go ahead and turn Karen's mic back on. Welcome back, Karen. Hi. Thanks for having me back. That was a lovely song. Yes. Jenna Green had been a guest with us about, I guess it was about two weeks ago. She plays harp and sings. And she's quite good. Often you can find her CDs in the local New Age shops and witchy stores and all that kind of stuff. And Yeah, yeah I great... play a little bit of her music on my show, and uh, we probably tap into a lot of the, the same pagan artists. Um, I have Celia. Uh, I play some of Celia's music, and um, also um, Lisa Thiel. Lisa Thiel, she's got a wonderful song I love called Warrior Goddess. You know, fits right there in line with my, you know, Sekhmet energy sometimes, you know. I'm back. Um, okay, so. Denise, you're back? <laughs> yes. All right. Yeah, the song Sorry ended. about that. I didn't think the song ran off. I understand. All right, I'm going to go ahead and turn my mic back off, okay? Okay. So I'm back, and we we have our special guest, Karen Tate, and we're talking about a lot of different things, Uh, Yule, uh, goddesses, the parliament, and uh, we we still have some time to talk some more. But I want to actually talk about now uh, what what things people can do so they can start – being more reflective and to get more rest so you don't have to get hit by that clue by four. Uh, <laughs> you know, you know that, you know. I, I've been struck by that this year a couple times. So um you have any suggestions about uh, what our listeners can do? To, well, you uh, know, you know, we've said some of the stuff, but I think it's worth repeating because um, we're so busy now. I, I think we need to encourage each other to uh, tr- to try a little bit harder to slow down. Um, you know, I think we need to slow down and rest, um, get as much sleep as possible, um, you know, try to have, uh, you know, time for yourself, uh, you know, mm-hmm. to nourish yourself, do things that make you feel better. Uh, make sure you're eating right. I mean, I know these things sound so basic and, and you know, oversimplified, but, you know, we, we get busy and we just don't do these things, you know. Right. Uh, you know, we don't get enough sleep. We, we You know, we eat junk, you know, too much sugar and uh, or maybe especially this time of year too much fat and too much alcohol and, um, you know, we just indulge a little bit too much and, uh, you know, everything in moderation. Uh, and, and then I think uh, we, we're less likely to get in trouble, you know. Uh, we're less likely to get sick or, uh, you know, overextend ourselves, you know, no matter uh, no matter what it is. But, um, you know, I, I, I've discovered actually, believe it or not, um, um, yoga recently, and um, I actually oh, I do love chair yoga. yoga. Yeah, because you know what I I I I am I am not a thin tall girl, 
you know, I am I am short and stocky, and I have weight to lose. I'll be honest and just say it up front. And you know, and it's hard for me to get on the you know, get get up and down off the floor and do some of these yoga poses that you see. But I have discovered these uh, chair yoga, and um, just the breathing. You know, I you know I would hear people say it. Uh, and you know, and, and I believed them when they said, "Oh, you know, the breathing is just wonderful for you." But it wasn't until I actually started doing it that um, I, I, I understood the full benefit and why people would be so excited about it and why people stick with it. Uh, because you know, just stretching and breathing. Because um, I'm a person that sits a lot, you know, I, I have a job, you know, where uh, I sit at a desk and I do my radio show sitting down and I write books sitting down. Um, you know, I don't get around and move enough. And I tell you, mm-hmm. just the breathing and stretching makes an incredible difference uh, to how you feel and how you sleep, um, you know, and, uh, you know, it's all tied together. Oh, yes. I've been doing yoga, um, well, I was doing a lot of it last year just to get the stretching in. Uh, Then when I was diagnosed and they're like, well, you really need to, you know, get your muscles back in in gear so you don't have any muscle apathy, I guess that's the way of putting it. And they're like, well, you should go and do yoga, but do the gentle yoga, don't do the hot yoga or the um oh, I forget what it's called. Uh the really fast paced one. Well the first one we went to was like it was hot yoga and it was fast paced and I thought somebody was, was trying to kill me. <laughs> but um but I have been to a couple um yogas that are like quiet yoga or gentle yoga. Uh especially in this area is uh eats the East Meets West Yoga Salon. They have a really good gentle yoga um, trainer. They have two of them. And and most of the women that are in my class, there's like two or three guys, but it's mostly women, um, are, you know, sort of have, you know, size 14, 16, 18, uh, or have some kind of mobility issue, and we're all all in there together. Uh, yeah, doing yoga. Yeah, well, and you know, and I think another thing that's helpful, and I think it also really helps, um, you know, maybe aid uh, trying to make a connection with the divine, is um, uh, fasting too. You know, uh, I found that um, it's interesting if you don't eat heavy. Then uh, I think meditation is easier. Um, you know, I I think it's it's easy that in a way it's that veil. Uh, it, I I don't know why. I'm sure there's probably some scientific reason for it. Uh, but you know, whenever I've I've uh, tra- you know inducing trance, I think is easier when you don't have a full stomach. And mm-hmm. um, sometimes when you're sleep deprived too, but you know I don't recommend sleep deprivation when 
you know, when you when you're trying to rest, obviously it's the opposite. But um, but but yeah, you know, maybe some sort of juice fasting if you can do that. You know, if you don't have any health conditions that would, you know, prevent you from doing that. Um, you know, I've been given Roy. We've got one of those Nutribullets because I mean, let's face it, we don't like our vegetables either. And when yeah. I grew up in the we we fried our vegetables. You know, if that gives you some example of, uh, you know, fried cauliflower, if you can imagine. Delicious. But anyway, not very healthy. But, you know, we'll get the Nutribullet out and we'll put uh, spinach in there and cucumber and uh, a half an avocado and water and maybe just a little tiny, tiny piece of banana to sweeten it a touch so, you know, it doesn't taste bitter. And there you have your vegetables, you know. And uh, easy on the digestion, which makes, you know, makes it easier, uh, you know, for your body. You know, your body isn't working as hard. Um, so, you know, just just some little tips, you know. Well, I know what I've been doing lately, um, and I actually got the idea from um, Demetria Nanos, which is... Um, part of the Fellowship of ISIS in Chicago, which is the the group that I, when I was given to the fellowship, that's where I started with Chicago, with the late, great uh, Dina. Uh, oh, Dina Buddha. Buddha. Yeah. Yeah. Um, when her husband, Ken, had a major stroke um, and had trouble keeping anything down, that she would put... Um, sort of the same concept about putting spinach and watermelon and a couple bananas and some um, coconut milk or almond almond milk and put it in a blender because she had this, I think it was a Vitamix or something, and she makes smoothies out of it and um, feed him the smoothie. And I've been doing that myself um, for the last couple of months because I don't have that... Um, the mixture that you talk about, because I wanted to buy one, and I'm still uh, looking at it, so to speak, because kind of, to me it's kind of expensive. Well, but, you know, I live near Washington, D.C., and all those type of things are expensive. But um, but I've been doing that, and I've been liking the smoothie, especially mm-hmm. early in the morning. Mhm, mhm. Yeah, I mean that's uh you know, we'll usually have some sort of a protein shake in the morning, you know, because you got to stay away from all of that, you know, cereal and juice and all of that. I mean, it's uh it's just too much sugar and you know, yes. we'll get protein powder and some real fruit, you know, that we freeze in the refrigerator, you know, and then you take out just a little bit and add it to the protein powder in the water and maybe put some flaxseed in it or something for your heart uh, or and or chia seed, you know, and just put it all in the Nutribullet. And, you know, you don't taste the, the you know, the stuff that you wouldn't normally want to eat, you know. And um, it just, you know, starts your day off, uh, I, I think. Uh, I mean, for us, you know, Roy really has to watch his sugar and, you know, starting the day off with a protein shake rather than a donut or a bagel or cereal uh it you know keeps his blood sugar numbers down you know and um you know it it it, it's easy you know it's it's so much easier than trying to cook something or 
uh, you know, eat cereal or something, which really isn't good for you. Um, I don't like cereal, so I'm really trying not to eat that because I'm not a cereal person. Um, David is, but I'm not. So I think I had cereal a little bit too much growing up. So, (laughs) but um, but I like the smoothie and something like kale, which I normally wouldn't eat if somebody put a plate of kale on me, unless it's like mixed with uh, spinach or collard greens or anything. But if it's just kale, you know, I'll sit there and look at it. But if you throw a couple kale leaves in there with some frozen bananas and some orange juice or pineapple juice and make a green smoothie, you're getting mm-hmm. that kale in there, and it, and it's tasting a lot better than just a plate full of kale, and you're still getting the the nutrients and the vitamins from it. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, exactly. And the fruit kind of, you know, takes away all of that green taste. Um, yes. You know, it really makes a big difference because, you know, I'm not going to eat kale in a salad. I mean, I, I, yes. I would love to say I, I I do it, but I won't, you know. I won't. I've tried, uh, but I just can't bring myself to do it, so. <laughs> uh, but like I said, if it's mixed with, because um, I like it if it's like with mixed with collard greens or something like that where, where the taste of it is hidden. Um, mm-hmm. But if you just put a plate of kale and, like, oh, go to town, you'll come back and that plate of kale will be still sitting there because I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to eat it. So, But if you put it in a smoothie, and I just tried it one day. I was like, you know, because I was at the supermarket and, and there was this woman that's like, did you have a kale smoothie? And, you know, when when she first said that, I thought, what are you talking about? And I thought, okay, let me just buy some kale, and if I don't like it, I'll just mix it with something and just cook it or throw it in a soup or something. But I actually liked it in the smoothie. But like I said, you're going to have to put some frozen bananas in there and some pineapple juice. Yeah, you're going to have to docker it up. It's not going to – it can't be just the kale on the plate because, once again, I won't need it. So, I mean, they'll even but if say that on with commercial. Stuff, I will. Huh? What? It, you know, yeah, that uh, you know, get your kids to eat their vegetables. You know, you mask the green stuff with the sweet fruit, and yeah. um, you know, so. But at, at least then you're getting it, you know, because otherwise you wouldn't. So. Yes. So, but yes, um, I definitely want to encourage people to do that um, because it's a really good way to get your fruits in and your vegetables in. Yeah. And, you know, and and getting back to this idea, you know, I mean, I know a lot of us are probably going to be making these New Year's resolutions and stuff, uh, you know, as January rolls around, Um, you know, just some ideas uh, as we do that, you know, just some practical advice. Uh, You know, I I read up on this and, um, you know, I think sometimes, you you know, we start off the year really optimistic and we say we want to change this and we want to change that. But, you know, science has actually told us that uh, it's best not to try to make too many changes at once. Uh, Our our minds literally can't handle more than one or two changes, you know. Um, So they say, you know, don't make more than one or two resolutions. And, 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 you do everything you can to be successful. I mean, actually have a plan. Um, you know, know how you're going to accomplish whatever it is 
the resolution you have made uh, is. You know, if it means you have to do research or, uh, or you know, maybe even get a partner uh, that might uh, that might help you. You know, um, you know, journal. You know, journal your successes and your failures. Uh, and and you know, and if you have a bad day and you fall off the wagon, just don't beat yourself up over it. You know, the next day just get right back on and uh, you know start all over again. You know, um, you know. So those are just you know some you know simple ideas that I think sort of help us stick to something. And you know, I think they say if you can manage to do something for about six weeks, uh, then you know you're close to being able to make that a habit. Um, you know, and um, you know maybe incorporate that as an actual lifestyle change. Well, I have read somewhere if you do something for 30 days, just 30 days, um, you'll be able to make a habit out of it. And, yeah. you know, <coughs> I know that, um, well, one of my resolutions is to, like, lose about maybe 20 pounds or something because I lost all that weight really fast when I got sick and, um, Lo and behold, when you start feeling better and your body starts being better, it starts creeping back on you. So now I'm getting the creeps, so to speak. And I'm like, okay, i got to lose about 20 pounds or something like that. But I don't want to go and, you know, put it on Facebook or something like that because as soon as you cheat, you know, it's like, ah, you cheated or <laughs> something like that. But you know how people get. So, But um, but they said if you do something for 30 days, like, 30 days of yoga or 30 days of um, not eating, eating better or, walk. or eating better, exercising, you yeah. know, walking around. Then not only do you feel better, then um, you can start making a habit out of it. Yeah. And no well, you know, crash diets or anything like that because they're more harmful, harmful than yeah. good. Yeah, for sure. I, I mean, um, I, I, when I think of some of the things I did when I was younger, you know, and didn't know any better. But, you know, I, I found another thing is uh, is good is to have a trigger. Um, and by that I mean, um, like, for instance, um, have a bracelet or a necklace or a ring or even a string you tie to your wrist. Uh, that you yeah. see constantly throughout the day and let it be a trigger for you to do or stick to whatever it is, um, you know, you're trying to stick to. Um, and and to show gratitude for, uh, you know, for your accomplishments. You know, really pat yourself on the back and don't um, take it lightly when you're succeeding, you know. Uh, we, mm-hmm. we all need support and, and we need encouragement, and there's nothing wrong with, um, you know, giving it, uh, giving it to ourselves. So, you know, it's kind of like, uh, you know, treat ourselves the way uh, – you know, uh, you know, treat ourselves the way we would like to treat. Want to be it, treated, know? yeah, or the way yeah. that you treat yourself the way you treat others. Yeah, hopefully, anyway. Yeah, <laughs> hopefully, yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, you know, hopefully, if you treat others good, you know, uh, that's not always a given, but you know, hopefully. So. Yeah. So, but. Definitely one of the things I definitely need to do, and I definitely need to do this, is to get more sleep. And mm. uh, Because I've been, 
you know, as you said, burning the candle from from both ends. So, uh, but uh, yeah, that's, that's big deal, really. You know, um, I know some people can manage with only a little bit of sleep, but uh, um, you know, I don't know about you, but I'm in a bad mood, and I'm more easy easily sick. Uh, if I don't get enough sleep and, you know, it plays havoc with your immune system and, uh, um, you know, sleep is really, really so important, you know, and I think as we get older, it gets, uh, it gets hard, you know, sometimes I fall into these patterns where I wake up at three o'clock in the morning and then my brain won't shut off, you know, and I'll lay there for two hours just trying to go back to sleep. Uh, It's so miserable. Um, it's it's uh, you know really really difficult. Uh, I think sometimes as we get older and maybe we're perimenopausal or things like yes. that, you know, I think that affects our sleep patterns. I'm starting to to feel that now, um, and I definitely felt it right after the parliament because, like you said, you know, go there really early in the morning, then then you know meet people and party at night and. And I don't know about you, but I was invited to a lot of different parties. Some I didn't make because I was wasn't staying at the hotel. I was staying with a friend. Uh, but the next time I'm going to be at the hotel because you know I did miss a lot of things. But uh, but I also went to a lot of things, and and the Utah time is different than mm-hmm. let's say time in D.C. And, you know, I was always going back and forth with that, too, that it's like, okay, I should be awake now, or I should be asleep now. Why am I awake type of thing? <laughs> yeah. And, you yeah, know, that yeah, was getting yeah, on my yeah, nerves, least, too. I, well, I didn't have the time difference was that difficult for me because it wasn't uh, – I'm not even sure it was different than California. If it was, it was only an hour. Uh, but I yeah. can imagine it must have been rough for you uh, because it meant oh, staying up yeah. a lot later. Staying up later, then you know when you look at the clock, and I'm like, uh, let's say you you were at a party at let's say twelve or something. Well, that's like almost like two o'clock in the morning here. Yeah, because it's three hours. <laughs> three hours. And, and you know, people are like, "You're tired. Why are you tired?" And you know, it's like midnight for me. <laughs> you know, yeah. at three a.m. <laughs> it's like it's like almost two o'clock in the morning. You know. Back in DC, yeah. so, and that took a little bit of time to get used to as well. You know, the the back and forth and the different times and everything. Well, but, you uh, know, especially I when to, I, I came back, I really came back with city. Hmm? I mean, the people were so nice and it was so clean. And uh, oh, I don't the know people if you were noticed. so nice. Yeah, I, I mean, it, did you notice walking down the street, you would see these little beehives um, carved into the sidewalks? And, of course, you know, my mind naturally went to the Melissae and, you know, uh, you know, Greek priestesses. But for them, it's different. You know, for them, it's about the worker bee ethic uh, of, the, of the Mormons, you know. But I'm thinking oh, yeah. to myself, hmm, I could look at this and see goddess hidden in plain sight here. <laughs> they had a lot of different things. I don't know if you ever went to that. I think it was... Uh... Museum of Art or something. They had the um, film strip about um, they were doing nuclear nuclear testing in um, this these islands off of uh, 
Hawaii, and I forget the the island's name, but they were basically doing like um, bombing them like um, Pearl Harbor in the in the early '60s up until almost uh, 1982, um, and testing how human bodies would react to constant nuclear blasts. And, like, I don't know what our government was thinking about, to be honest, uh, because we have Pearl Harbor, and, you know, they should have gave us some insight about how the body was going to react to different things. But in any way, uh, they were doing this for, like, almost 20 years, and it was a lot of people that came out of that and was like, wow, you know, we didn't know that our country did things like that. And and a lot of conversations off of that film strip and everything. Yeah, I mean, you know, you it really, uh, there's, there's, um, there's a lot of ugly history of the United States. You know, you think about uh, the genocide of the Native Americans, um, those black pilots, the Tuskegee Airmen or something yes. who were on, you know, to try to cure syphilis. I mean, we have a lot of shady stuff in our past. Oh, yeah. Uh, that the you know, uh, and that's why I think I get a little crazy when you know you hear all of this nationalism and exceptionalism that people spout. You know, like we're we're the best, we're the best. And really, mm. you know, there's a lot of people who would probably say the United States is just a big bully. You know, yeah. um, and you know, throwing around its weight and invading countries that had nothing to do with you know, attacking them, and, you know, it's this, uh, I was listening to Noam Chomsky um, uh, talk uh, today, and, um, you know, a little, uh, you know, short little clip, and, you know, talking about the imperialism, you know, the stuff that uh, the British did, and now the United States does, and the drone program that we have, and, you know, the stuff that we just rationalize, and, you know, that our country does, because it's, um, you know, but because we think we're entitled to, or we think, uh, um, you know, we, we we just rationalize it, you know, of yes. uh, to make it okay. But if somebody did it to us, you know, we oh, would... there'd be a war. <laughs> exactly. Oh, yeah. It's amazing the stuff that we do other people in other countries, and we just expect them to roll over and play dead. You know. Yeah. Um, it's really amazing when you think about it. I definitely agree with you. It is very amazing. So, but, uh, yeah. Uh, but um, what I was do- what I was going with that is that they had, besides that film strip, they had a lot of different um, paintings and pictures and a lot of goddess imagery that I saw oh. in that museum. And... Um, and that was like right after the time that I met the feminist Mormon, and um, but like but like you, I, I felt that the people of Salt Lake was very uh, generous with uh, with their time with us and and getting to know us and and um, you know going out of their way to make us feel welcome. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it really, I, sometimes, I mean, after living here in L.A., I mean, things can be so, uh, I mean, you don't even really know your neighbor, you know. I mean, people uh, don't go out of their way to be that friendly. And, you know, there's a lot of plasticness and a lot of shallowness. Um, Have you, you know, been to these... D.C.? No. But... <laughs> Have but, you been to D.C.? You know, so it's kind of like but. I was pinching myself, you know, why are these people being so nice, you know, and, and then, you know, you go home and you think, oh, gee, I, it would be nice if it were like that here all the time, you know. Um, I mean, they were even nice to their homeless, um, you know, it, uh, uh, you know, it was, it was just a different environment, you know, um, and, and I mean, look, and, and I, I have talked to people who have grown up Mormon, and it's a tough road to hoe. You know, um, you know, it, it's very patriarchal. And, oh, very. Um, yeah, there's stuff that, that we Mormon. Would, yeah, we, we would not abide by, you know. Uh, but, you know, but the, the, the positive side of it is, you know, the people just seem so incredibly nice. Um, I, I don't know. It, it's. It, I, I wonder. It, I know this is going to sound crazy, but it's like, um, can you have both? You know, can you have, uh, you know, people who are not sheeple, who are willing, you know, to who won't tolerate patriarchy, who want to demand equality, but still be these nice, wholesome generous, um, you know, gentle, uh, compassionate people. You know, you wonder, how do you strike the balance, I guess, is is what I'm trying to say. And it might sound just silly and absurd, um, but, you know, it it, it almost, you know, their their niceness almost comes across as naivete. And, um, and, and I don't mean that in a negative way, but it's almost like, you know, they're so nice, they're almost childlike. Um, but it, it was such a different change of pace, you know. Uh, it, 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 was, it was wonderful, you know. It was really nice. Oh, yes. So I see that we have, what do we have, 12 minutes left. So... I want to put in a really short song, like a two-minute song. Um, then we'll come back and we'll start to wrap it up. And uh, nobody's in the chat room, so I didn't get to try the chat today. But uh, I feel that there are a few people listening. Um, oh, I'm sure. Even if, well, if, you're, yes. if your show is going to be anything like mine, people generally listen from the archives. You know, um, so I I never get worried that there's not many people in the chat because they always listen later. (laughs) Oh, cool. All right. So I'm going to play something from our buddies, uh, Tuatadia, out of Tennessee, I believe, and a short, a small of a whisper, whisper three, because that's only two minutes and 43 seconds. Then we'll come back and we'll start wrapping it up, okay? Okie doke. Okay. All right.
All right, we're back. Karen, you still there? I'm sure. I guess I am. Okay. All right. Um, so we have about nine minutes. So I'm going to wrap it up and talk about. Um, well, we talked about Yule. We talked about solstice and the goddesses and and the dark of the season and the go within. Um, anything that you want to um, promote right now? Because on my reggae show, I always ah. let them have, you know, the, the last um, three or four minutes to promote something. And I know you have lots of books out. My favorite oh. is Goddess Calling. Well, thank you. Um, and, and before I do that, let me just mention one thing we didn't um, – uh, we forgot to mention Amaterasu, the Japanese sun goddess. Um, you know, she's uh, she's somebody who doesn't get a lot of play uh, this time of year, uh, I think, because people tend to uh, more go in, go in the direction of maybe Bridget. Um, but, you know, Amaterasu is a sun goddess, Sekhmet's a sun goddess, you know, with the return of the light, um, you know, it, it's kind of this idea of, um, uh, you know, the light is life. And, you know, with Amaterasu, it's really interesting because her myth is so much like Demeter's because, you know, uh, you know, Demeter... Uh, loses Persephone and, you know, to the underworld. And, um, you know, when she's mourning without her daughter, she, you know, the, the it's winter and the earth is barren and all of this. Amaterasu, in a way, um, has similarities, you know, except she goes into a cave because of um, some things that she had going on with her brother and but the thing that drew her out of the cave and also drew Balbo I mean drew Demeter out of the cave were their counterparts doing an erotic dance uh and with Demeter it was Balbo and with Amaterasu it was Izumi and it was it's really interesting I think that here these two goddess cultures one in Greece and one in Japan could have mythology similar and, you know, when Demeter sees Balbo dance and Amaterasu sees Izumi dance, and they're doing these sort of erotic dances where they're sh- sort of lifting their skirts and showing their genitals, um, it makes the goddesses laugh. And, you know, part of the story is when the goddesses laugh and are happy again, um, you know, life is restored to the planet. And, you know, and, and um, you know, and, and of course, uh, when things grow, then we can eat, and uh, you know we're not in danger of you know starving to death and dying. And but but I think what's you know part of the story that's so interesting is it feels like to me the idea of the genitals as a regenerative force. You know, it's um, even yes. though it's you know laughter and uh, frivolity. You know, it's the genitals that are, are sort of the catalyst for that laughter, which in turn, you know, makes the goddesses, um, you know, make the things grow again. So, I don't know, it just makes me think about, you know, the sacred yoni and, you know, that whole idea of, you know, when sex wasn't nasty and taboo and, you know, shameful, you know, you know, how Christianity, you know, started to make it for all of us. So, anyway, I just, you know, just thought I'd throw that in because I write about that a little bit in, you know, my Goddess Calling book, but... 
Um, so, yeah, um, what am I doing now? I'm going to be at the Pagan Conference coming up in January in, at Claremont University, uh, giving the same talk that I gave at the Parliament, because a lot of local people hadn't heard that talk, uh, reawakening uh-huh. our earliest stories about how goddess mythology uh, actually does help us, um, you know, have a template for a more sustainable future. And, um, you know, radio show every week uh, and lots of archives there because Voices of the Sacred Feminine has been on Blog Talk for almost 10 years now. So your listeners, I invite them to go see what we have there, you know. Um, uh uh-huh books, uh, Goddess Calling, uh, would really appreciate your listeners taking a look at it. Uh, I think it really speaks to how um, the sacred feminine um, spirituality really does set us free from patriarchy. Um, And uh, Voices of the Sacred Feminine is the anthology that I put together uh, based on my radio show of the same name. Um, You know, that's, you know, all the voices of of hand-picked guests um you know that you know that isn't so much my voice it's more their voices uh but my writing is uh you know you can find it in walking in ancient paths um talk a lot about the uh, ancient pilgrimages uh we've taken about politics in the community how goddess is inspiration um self-love divination magic you know, magic that uh, actually manifested, things like that. And I guess finally, um, Sacred Places of Goddess, uh, my first book, you can actually use that book to do a West Coast goddess tour. And, you know, Ah. I didn't really plan it that way, but uh, it turns out that's how it, uh, you know, how it is. Um, You can start in Northern or Southern California and go along the coast and drive yourself for about a week from place to place to place. And it's a lot cheaper than flying over to Europe. Um, And, of course, I also have some places in the Southwest and in New Orleans and Lady Liberty and uh, South Carolina, you know, lots of uh, sacred places in the United States that uh, people can actually find and learn about and, you know, use as a goddess pilgrimage if they've been wanting to do something like that. Ah, very good, very good. Um, well, I know that, like I said, I haven't read all your books, uh, uh, but I do have The Goddess Calling, and I do like that. So, um, And I haven't finished it, but I read enough of it that we were able to an- uh, ask you questions when we had interviewed you with um, Main Street Universe. Okay. So, Yes. So we have a few minutes left, about two minutes. So I want to definitely wish you uh, happy holidays, uh, uh, joyful Yule, uh, Merry Christmas, uh, blessed. Oh, even later than I thought. Uh, blessed Kwanzaa and a happy New Year to you and Ray. And um, I'll be keeping in touch with you. Uh, and don't think this is going to be the last time you're going to be on my show because it won't be. But uh, Thanks. huh? 
Well, I was saying thank you. Thank you for all of the good wishes and the same to you. You know, I hope next year your health is much better and you don't have those the same challenges. And uh, it's just a wonderful year of joy and love and creativity for you. Oh, well, I know I've been mighty creative because uh, I've been doing a lot of art lately, uh, especially uh, paper cutting. There's a German word for it, and I can't pronounce it. Uh, I can see it in my mind's eye. S C H something. But it's basically paper cutting, and I've been doing a lot of that lately because it's been like keeping me pretty much calm and getting me into that sleepy mode, which the doctors want me to have anyway. So. Uh, but we have about 19 seconds, so I'm going to say, oh, or 10 seconds. So I'm going to say goodbye for now and happy holidays, and we'll be hearing more of you in 2016, okay? Thank you very much, and good night. Thank you so much, Karen. I'll be talking to you soon. All right. Okay. Bye-bye.